It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder mailbag questions that you have after Chet Holmgren's injury. Can Josh Giddy make a leap from beyond the arc this season? What's Trey Mann's ceiling? And who are three under-the-radar pieces to watch for the future of this team? Plus, the Thunder announce their preseason schedule. What are some key matchups and key things to watch for as preseason is just around the corner? On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we are diving into the preseason schedule being announced that includes a huge game for Josh Giddy, plus your questions from the Thunder Mailbag and why you should watch the preseason for OKC. I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free on YouTube and also any podcasting platforms out there. And once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore style. So a lot to get to today. Let's start with the preseason schedule. So the Thunder will play six games this preseason. Some teams play as few as three games. Some teams play four, and the Thunder will play six. It starts October 3rd on the road in Denver when the Thunder take on the Nuggets. And then October 5th, the Thunder play the Mavericks in the BOK Center in Tulsa. And October 6th, the back-to-back in the preseason. On October 6th, the Thunder come back to OKC playing in the Paycom Center 
and they take on the Adelaide uh, 36ers, which of course was Josh Giddy's old team in the NBL. October 9th, they take on uh, Maccabi Rihanna, and October 11th, they play at Detroit against the Pistons, and October 13th, they play at San Antonio against the Spurs. So, six games, three of them are in the state of Oklahoma, two of them are at the Paycom Center, one in Tulsa uh, for the BOK Center crowd. The Tulsa tradition is back. I think that's a great thing. I think that um, it's great to play in Tulsa and give more fans an opportunity to come and support the team, to come and you know see their favorite players. And it's unique in the sense of this is the sport in which if you go to a game in the preseason, you're pretty much going to see basketball being played the way that you'll see it come October 19th. There's very subtle changes, of course. You know, you're not going to play a guy 30 minutes, but you will see SGA, you will see Josh Giddy, you will see uh, this Thunder roster play. Like it's it's not going to be like football where you know the star players like Patrick Mahomes play like three snaps combined in three games. This is going to be an actual basketball game that you're going to get to witness in Tulsa. Uh, and the Mavericks will play Luka Doncic. The Mavericks only have three preseason games, so for the Mavericks, they're going to have to play. Luca and and some of these guys to kind of get on the same page before their season opener. So that will be exciting as well for uh, the fans out there in Tulsa. And of course, it's just an avenue where it's easier for some parts of the state to get to Tulsa versus OKC. So it's just good to have that game back. And again, that game will be October 5th against the Dallas Mavericks in the BOK Center. Uh, Josh Giddy versus this 36ers. (laughs) How fun is that? Uh, The Thunder before COVID, of course, uh, have always played or tried to play non-NBA teams in the preseason. Remember that time that they played Luka Doncic whenever he was still overseas? Uh, so the tradition can now pick back up as we get further and further away from uh, the COVID pandemic. And they'll start by playing the NBL team of Josh Giddy, which will be very fun. Uh, he's already on TikTok making TikToks about that matchup. So we'll see some antics from him, I'm sure, in that game. I think that if you're going to circle one game to go to, it's that one, even though it's the second half of back-to-back. Now, here's the thing. I mentioned that about playing got you know playing your guys in the preseason. The only reason I would hesitate about the Tulsa game is you're going to play Josh Giddey against the, against the uh, 36ers. You're just going to. You're going to play him against his former team, uh, against his, his buddies, and against the, his, NBA, his NBL team. So you also don't want to play Josh Giddey in a back-to-back in the preseason. Maybe you do because you're only going to play him 10, 12 minutes a night anyway in the preseason, but he might not play in Tulsa if he's going to turn around and play again the very next night. So that's going to be interesting to monitor as we move forward here. Uh, but still, very fun to see him play um, in that game. Chip England, first return trip to, uh, back to the Spurs after 15 years in the uh, organization. It's October 13th, which is obviously interesting because Billy Donovan's first return back to OKC during the pandemic year with no fans was in the preseason. I was there for his first game back with the Bulls, um, and it happened in the preseason. They actually played twice in the preseason uh, that season. And I just want to remind you all that the NBA preseason is actually fun, and it's actually basketball, and it's actually worth your time. And all games will be streamed for free on the Thunder app and the Thunder website, the team official website. The final game will air on Bali Sports Oklahoma, but it should still be on the app as well. Just the final game is whenever you can actually watch the team on traditional media, traditional medium in television. But for the other games, you'll have to watch them on the Thunder app or go to the games. The three of them are in the state of Oklahoma. Why should you watch the preseason? Besides the fact that they're actually going to play their guys unlike the other sports, well, there's 
a lot of question marks about this roster. We can kind of get them all out of the way in one fell swoop. The Thunder have to cut three standard NBA contracts. And the three most likely names that you're gonna that you're gonna see, Tao Maldon, Vit Critchie, uh, and Ty Jerome, they're all gonna be having to play a heavy dose in the preseason and trying to uh, fight for their spot, trying to fight for um, you know their right to stay on this roster and to stay in the NBA. Because when you when you think about it, I mean, I think that Tao Maldon, if he get if he got cut, I think Tao Maldon would be picked up by an NBA team. Uh, you take a flyer on him, maybe a change of scenery for him, and give him more on-ball attention uh, in your system, for sure. A flyer on Tao Maldon. Would Vid Critchie get picked up in an NBA organization? Probably not. Would Ty Jerome? Maybe, but I, I just think that we have this idea of who Ty Jerome is that's not based in reality. Like, I think that if you walk up to 20 NBA fans that know who Ty Jerome is, and you ask them, hey, what's Ty Jerome good at? They would say, you know, they would say shooting. When I don't think that that's his premier skill set, I think that he's a nice playmaker. Um, you know, whether he gets credit for it anyway, and his shooting has actually not been all that great. Like last year, he shot twenty nine percent from three, and his rookie year he shot twenty eight percent from three. And the and then the middle year is where he had that huge explosion where he shot forty two percent from three. So he's had one really good year shooting versus two really bad years shooting. Which which sample size are you gonna are you gonna lean to? And also. That one really good year shooting happened in which there was uh, less or no fans, depending on what arena you were in, uh, for that entire season. So Ty Jerome, Vic Critchie, and Tim Alvin all are trying to battle to stay in the NBA and to stay uh, on this roster. And so that is going to be a fierce competition to watch and throw in there Derek Favors as well. He's owed $10 million, so cutting him is a little harder to swallow than cutting Maldon, who makes 1.9, or uh, Krejci, who makes 1.5, or Jerome, who makes 4.2, but not impossible. And for favors, he tweeted out um, Sunday or Monday night that he is super motivated this year and um, that these last few years have taught him a lot, taught him a lot about you know, himself and things like that, so he's super motivated. And the Thunder now, of course, have a huge hole. Who's going to play center on this roster? Uh, you lose Chet Holmgren for the entire season. Now you're left with Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, Derek Favors, Mike Muscala, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Darius Baisley. You've got two veterans who cannot shoulder uh, a ton of workload at this point in their career in Muscala and Favors. You've got Jalen Williams from, from Arkansas, who is you know, more of a project player, but now is going to be thrust into that role of playing a lot more, I believe. And then you have two guys that are technically forwards that, that stand 6'9". So um, what's, the, what's the plan there at center? Does that kind of increase Favors' value a bit. And also, like I mentioned, I believe that, that this injury from Chet Holmgren opens the door for a lot more playing time than what we anticipated for Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Derek Favors, I know you haven't seen it last year, if you've only looked at his career from the, from the last year's lens for the Thunder. He's a very accomplished, very good, solid big man in the NBA. He's had a lengthy career for a reason, folks. He, he, he is a solid big man. That leadership for Jalen Williams specifically Going head to head in practice, teaching him you know moves or things to watch for, tendencies, and studying with him on how to play the position, that is very very valuable. Whereas that might be more value than what Ty Jerome provides whenever he plays ten minutes every third game. So so you got to balance those two things as well, not just what you see in preseason, but those are things to watch for, obviously. Uh, and then you get to more of the fun stuff. Has Baisley improved? 
at all offensively because he's there defensively. He is a he is a starting caliber player defensively. Has he improved at all offensively in the preseason? Has Poku and Josh Giddey's jump shot ever in, improved in the small glimpses we're going to get of it at the preseason level? And for Josh Giddey, he's going to play his former NBL team. There's going to be a ton of social media content and a ton of things to watch off the floor for him that I'm excited about. And then the last on the fourth thing, I just want to see Usman Jang play. Uh, more and Jalen Williams as well from Santa Clara play kind of these young guys getting that NBA atmosphere and NBA taste a little bit uh, in the preseason. So that's what I'm looking forward to for the preseason. What are you looking forward to for the preseason? And if you could only go to one preseason matchup, which one would it be for me? I'm already excited to, to book it down there to the Paycom center and watch the 36ers take on uh, Josh Giddy and the thunder. Now, I want to tell you a very, very important message before we get into your mailbag questions. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? That's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. It not only puts yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind a wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into your mailbag questions. We've already recapped the preseason schedule and talked about what to watch for in that preseason. So we are just getting rolling here. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Let's start with at Jose, who says, uh, does Chet Holmgren being out for the season free up another roster spot? Really good question. A lot of confusion on this, so let's clear it up right now. The Thunder did apply for a disabled player exception um, because of Chet Holmgren's injury. What that does is, Think of it in the most simpler terms. Of course, there's different mechanics involved in what I'm saying, but it's 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 as simple as this, as this could be. Chet Holmgren's out for the year. They applied to uh, recoup that four million dollars that he's owed this year. So it's as if the if if the NBA grants them this ex- exception, which they should, it's as if the NBA gave them uh, you know a four point nine million dollar um, cash you know to go sign a player um, to their roster without having it kind of count against the salary cap acting more so like a traded player exception or a uh, mid-level exception. I think of it more as an MLE than a traded player exception. Uh, but that's kind of where that exception 
is at, it does not free up a roster spot. This is not like the NFL or like Major League Baseball where they have injury reserves that can uh, take you off of the roster. There's no such thing like that in the NBA. Uh, you saw last year where you had to get down to a certain amount of players, eight, seven players, to where you can file for that and then sign players at that point. But missing only one player does not free up a roster spot for you. Therefore, the Thunder will still have to cut three uh, NBA contracts after the preseason's over on October 17th. So that's where the roster stands. This does not free up or make the roster crunch any easier um, at all for the Thunder. But they will possibly, of course, get more money to spend in the free agent pool or wherever if they want to uh, spend it to supplement some of this loss and, and bring another roster guy. Me personally, obviously, you probably wouldn't apply for it unless you wanted to use it, but I just don't see the Thunder adding anybody, uh, in the, especially in the immediate future. Now, could you see that happen months down the line? Who knows? Uh, at Hogsfan underscore 21, do you think Udonis Haslam and Nick Collison deserve to get their jerseys retired? Uh, yes, I do. And I think that it's hard for younger Thunder fans to understand why that number four is in the Raptors in the Paycom Center understand why Nick Collison's up there and it'll get harder and harder to explain the further and further that we move out from Nick Collison's career. But he meant so much to this organization, both as a player, as a glue guy that kept everything uh, running. I mean, I mean, you think about what we've seen Kevin Durant turn into and, and the, and the personality that we know Russell Westbrook is, you think about how the Thunder presented those two individuals throughout their time together and how they limited those blowups and how they limited uh, coming that, some of that negative PR that happens a lot due to Nick Collison and due to Kenrich Perkins and due to uh, all of these kind of leaders that they brought in. Now, were they outstanding superstar all-star players? No, but they did play a vital role both on the court and off of it. Uh, Nick Collison, of course, a, you know, thunder lifer, Mr. Thunder. He's somebody that really helped transition from Seattle to OKC and presented OKC in a positive way, especially to some of those players. Uh, just what he does to instill culture is incredible and should be recognized for the Thunder forever with that jersey retirement. Same thing for UD. Yunus Haslam, um, he culture, you think of Yunus Haslam, even though he was never the star, he was never the superstar or whatever. Uh, still, I think that he deserves it for Miami as well. And I'm sure that, of course, they're going to do that once his career actually ends. But uh, Nick Collison, I think, deserves to be up there. Uh, Hogsfan underscore 21 also asked what made you get into basketball and how did you get where you are now? Very good question. My, well, uh, my favorite basketball player of all time is Dirk Nowitzki. And I liked Dirk. I liked Jerry Stackhouse. He's my second favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, Josh Howard was great. Also Eric Dampierre, guys like that. Uh, you know, those math squads were the squads that I watched religiously and got me into the sport as a whole. Uh, as far as transitioning to being a Thunder fan, obviously whenever Oklahoma gets a professional sports team. Everyone just rallied to it because we never thought this would happen to our great state. And it did. And uh, the sport's been awesome for the Thunder since they moved here. So obviously it was kind of easy to transition to support your home state uh, whenever they got a pro team. Still like the Mavericks, still watch the Mavericks, still keep up with the Mavericks, obviously. But the Thunder are my team. But yes, it was Dirk. It was Jerry Stackhouse. It was Josh Howard. Uh, those kind of guys that really uh, I gravitated towards. Michael Finley as well was a big one for me. Uh, so I loved I loved basketball for as long as I can remember. Even had season tickets to the CBA team here in, in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, the Lawton Fort Sill Calvary. Shout out Tony Key. And if anyone listening gets that reference, uh, I'll do whatever I can to support you in any way that you would wish. Monetarily, 
a Twitter follow if you think that that's cool, whatever. Uh, if you got that reference, you are a, you are a special person. Uh, now, how I got where I am today, uh, pretty simple, I, I guess. I've always wanted to be a media personality, a media person. Uh, I always knew I was terrible at actually playing sports. So even in like third grade, I knew that. And then even in third grade, I wanted to be Dan Patrick and not like Michael Jordan, uh, which says a lot, obviously. Uh, I just recorded podcasts in high school. Didn't really get any views or attention. It was like maybe maybe 10 views a podcast. You know, 25 views was a fantastic day. Uh, but those repetitions, that practice did help me a lot, I think. And, uh, and, and then going to college and stuff and then applying for this job and getting it was the best things ever happened. I love working at Lockdown and getting to talk with you all every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, at Jesus Christ, what will be Chet's 2K rating? Now, this question did come in before Chet Holmgren's injury, but uh, his base rating should not change at all based on this injury. I'd say a 77 to an 80 for Chet Holmgren would be about right, I believe, uh, in the sense of like 2K. So if you're not familiar with 2K, they put an overall on players from 0 to 99, realistically. I don't think anyone's below like a 63 or so. It's like a 63 to a 99 overall. Um, and I don't think many are 99 actually at all. But still. I think probably like starting at an 80, and then the idea would have been with roster updates to progress him throughout the season. Obviously, he won't have any roster updates because he's hurt, uh, but 77 to an 80, maybe they start him in Paulo at an 80 just because they know they can't upgrade Chet throughout the season, and then they'll upgrade Paulo to like an 82, 83, 84 when it's all said and done, or however high he can ascend to. But yeah, I'd say probably an 80. The bad thing about 2K for me, and why I'm kind of bummed about uh, the, the upcoming game, is that when you play online, when you play play now online and you use the Thunder, you won't be able to use Chet Holmgren because he's hurt in real life. So they take him out of the game into the playoffs. So that's a bummer that you can only play with him as a CPU or if you go to the Thunder in your my career, I guess obviously you could play with him as well. Uh, but nonetheless, that's the 2K talk that you wanted. So I'll give it to you. I think it'll be like a 77 to an 80. And we'll see in like 10 days it comes out, the, the game does. Uh, at Brand Paul 77, do you think Trey Mann has a legit shot at sixth man of the year? Bold prediction, but is it possible? And I have another question from Matt OKC, please win. Do you think that Trey Mann will fully develop into his true six-man-of-the-year form for the Thunder? Let's get to both of those things on the Lockdown Thunder podcast coming up. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter, Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals or Locked On Thunder also as well. Uh, doing two shows, little crossing of the wires there. That's pretty simple to do. Let's dive into the Trey Mann question. With Trey Mann, I think and truly believe, even if you take off those thunder-colored glasses and you look at this as neutral as possible, I think that uh, he has the tools to be a six-man of the year. You can go to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball show right now, and you should. It's a great podcast. If you go to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Show right now, Josh Lloyd, who does a fantastic job covering the league, he has been doing this season preview series with every team and all of us as hosts going on there talking about our teams. Uh, and what caught him by surprise was when we were discussing the team, we were talking about Trey Mann, talking about you know Jalen Williams, talking about these guys, and we got to a trivia portion of the show, and the question was, you know, who had the best three-point grade on, on B-Ball Index, which is an advanced analytics site that kind of it's an advanced analytics site that kind of takes the game and contextualizes it to where 
you know, you might be shooting 35% from three, but here's why it's, here's why the percentages should go up in the future or project to go up. And here's the kind of grade of shots that you're taking the process type of uh, angle to it as well. Uh, nonetheless, in the, in the first segment, Josh Lloyd was kind of like down on, on Trey man and down on the shooting percentages and, and kind of down him being an inefficient score, so to say. And then we got to the trivia part and actually Trey man was, was grading out to be the best three point shooter on this roster for the thunder. Uh, according to B-Ball Index. So I think that the box score doesn't tell the full story of his capabilities, with his ability to space the floor and score at all three levels when it's all said and done. I think that in two, three years, he'll score at all three levels. He'll score three steps behind the three-point line, and he'll be able to uh, playmake enough, considering all the talent in this roster as playmakers, he'll be able to playmake enough. Uh, the big concern, of course, is defense, but can he be a true six-man that just goes in, gets you buckets, and gets hit, off, uh, gets hit defensively off the bench? Absolutely. I think that that is the ceiling for Trey Mann's game. And that is kind of where he can um, ascend to. And I think that he will. I think that he'll, he'll get there. Uh, my my big concern is not him developing in OKC. I think that he'll hit a ceiling in OKC. I think that he'll play at a sixth man level in OKC. My biggest concern is, of course, when guys do that, when guys um, get to that stature of, hey, I'm scoring 17 points off the bench. I'm scoring 20 points off the bench. Imagine what I could do if I was starting. Then that discontent starts. Then, uh, you know, you kind of want to envision yourself taking that leap, being a, a part of a team where you're the leader, where you're the starting guard uh, on that squad. You're the kind of the go-to bucket getter for the first unit. Uh, and it takes a special player and a different player's mindset to kind of subside yourself to being that sixth man and understanding how valuable that role is. Think about how many times, uh, and I said this every time we talk about Trey Mann, but think about how many times that the Thunder uh, in their glory days with, with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, could have used a bench score where those two guys come off the floor and then the, the team just collapses. Now, to avoid that, you need guys like Trey Mann. You need guys who can play at that six-man level as a score. And so uh, my, I don't have any concern with him reaching that ceiling. I truly believe that he'll reach it. It's just when he does, what's his mindset moving forward? At Clementine Akufo, besides SGA, Chet, Giddy, and Dort, pick three players who will make a significant con- contribution to this team. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, absolutely. I think that he is going to be uh, a second-team all-rookie guy. I think that he'll be a guy that uh, the national NBA landscape will be shocked by. Like whenever TNT unveils this in the first round of the playoffs and uh, and it gets put out there that he's on the second-team all-rookie, I think that a lot of fans will be taken aback by that. I think he's going to be stellar. So I, I've got Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara as my number one of the three. I got Trey Mann, obviously very high in his scoring potential and very high in his offensive game. Uh, for the Thunder long-term. And then my number three player of the three, this is where I think that you look at either Poku or Baisley. I, I really think that they're going to find a way to get one of those guys to take a leap this year. Uh, but if they don't, Aaron Wiggins. So it, it'll be one of Wiggins, Baisley, and Poku for me of the three most significant contributors not named in that list that you gave of SGA, Giddy, Dorton, and Chet, uh, which of course Chet's out for the season now, but this question was written before that. Uh, I, I kind of think that it'll be Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, Trey Mann, and then I'll go Wiggins as a safer option, but I would not count out Poku or Baisley. I still believe in both of those guys. At OKC underscore defender, does having the toughest schedule in the NBA mean that the Thunder are more likely to tank? Yes, and here's why. Uh, it's just easier to sell in this draft class. Whenever you have a, a roster of prospects, right, when you, when you go – Put in your Excel spreadsheet and make your big board. In my opinion, 
I've graded out seven players, and this is just based on high school film, and this can all change in a matter of three months as we get into conference play and get into the preseason tournaments and things like that. But as of right now, based on high school film, I believe that there's seven players in this draft that you can consider a top three piece in your organization. And so when that's the case, when the draft is that deep, and when you couple that depth with many people believe that Victor Mignogna is the best prospect since LeBron, many people believe that Scoot Henderson would be number one as a prospect in any other draft class, but he's behind Victor Mignogna. Many people believe in this draft class's top half being franchise changers. When you couple all that together with a slow start from a bad schedule, with a season-ending injury in Chet Holmgren, it becomes a lot more palatable to say, you know what, let's pack it in. Because fighting for the the 10th worst record in the NBA versus bottoming out for the 4th worst record in the NBA, the difference there is not that large, and the outcome is significant. If you're a bottom four team in this draft class, you're going to walk away with a guy who you can who can be considered a top three guy in your organization. Can't say the same if you're if you're tenth worst. So the trade off is let's lose, you know, twenty more games than what we could have, ten more games, twelve more games, whatever that number ends up being. Let's lose that amount of games for the sake of nine years of this guy who we think could be generational. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I understand the questioning of the timeline, but after the season's over, you still have four more years of SGA. You still have uh, seven more years of Josh Giddy, eight more years of Chet Holmgren, and nine more years of whoever you draft with your first overall pick this year. Not to mention eight more years with Traylon Williams. Not to mention, uh, you know, seven more years with Trey Mann. You, you have these options available to you if you want them. You have this, this runway if you want it. So going and getting another another key piece would be very valuable for OKC, more valuable than winning a few more games with the toughest schedule in the NBA. Again, just kidding off to that 1-10 start through the first 11 games, which we went over before, you're only going to be favored in one of those games, I believe. You know, Granted, injuries can happen, but if I had to project right now how many times betonline.net decides to put the Thunder as favorites in this upcoming season in the first 11 games, I'd say it happens one time. So if, if you go the way of the, of the Vegas odds and go 1-11, when you see that Victor Mignogna, you know sweepstakes getting dangled in front of you, it's easier just to kind of give in to that nature of it. Uh, now, do I think that they'll tank in the first 11 games? No. They were not, they're not going to tank until the All-Star break. But uh, it does make it easier to convince yourself that that's the right pathway for you at that time. Uh, and then the last question from at twice uh, Goody. Do you think that... Josh Giddy will improve his three-point shooting percentage this year by over or under 4%. Now, last year, he shot 26% from beyond the arc. Josh Giddy did. Will he be improved by 30%, you know, up to 30% or greater? I'm going to say, so if you look at this the way that, that Vegas would, if he gets to 30, it's either a push or I win, because you didn't put any halves. So I'm going to say he doesn't get over 30. 
It's just what I what I believe in. I don't think they'll get over 30. But I do think he'll improve 230 or to 29 or 28, somewhere in that ballpark. I do think he'll improve, but will he get over 30? That's a lot to ask for. I know that the Thunder have hired the best shooting coach in the NBA. I get that. I'm very happy for that. I think that that his main mission will be to work with Josh Giddy. But training camp starts next month. You've got next month through October 19th to figure out a way to, to kind of alter a shot. But then you kind of just got to let it ride. I mean, Josh Giddy talked about this last year. He knew last year in December he needed to change his jump shot. But you can't tweak that in the middle of a season whenever you're playing every other night and you're kind of getting into your routines and getting into your groove. So... That's where I think that the the uptick will happen much um, on a larger scale whenever you get to the season following this one than this upcoming season. But that's all the questions we have today on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast mailbag episode. Thank you for everyone who sent in those questions. We'll talk to you again tomorrow whenever we discuss SGA's timeline with OKC. And until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.